Okay, that's good. Would stand up. It's uh, that's perfect. Yeah, because I took the game down. Okay. Took the game down. Took the <laughs> keep the game down. <laughs> Brent Morin, check out Brent Morin. That's his joke. Keep the game down. Was that Brent Morin? That's Brent Morin. Oh. Why are you walking like a Lego? Okay. What? You it's Brent Morin. It's Brent Morin. It's from his uh, Adam Devine's house party set, and then I think he did the did the same joke on Conan. Keep the game down. Keep the game down. What? It's just a, I don't know if that's Brent Morin, but I'm. I would bet you. I'll bet you $200. I would say Google it, but I've been told not to use my phone while recording. What? Because that's your phone right there. Well, now my phone is videoing, so... Wait, did I tell you not to use your phone while you we're... Did. I mean, that's a good policy. I say that to myself as much as to you. It's a solid policy. Yeah. Gotta say. Keep the gain down. Um, so the world up. is shut down. Yes. This is our first podcast. This is the, our second podcast of the quarantine, and it's been many weeks. We took some time off because we took some time off because I figured you guys wouldn't want to just hear us being like, "Well, we've been uh, locked up for seven days now. Nothing's new." That we for like eight episodes in a row. We could have very well cataloged your interactions, our interactions with each other's parents. Oh my god, you guys! We spent two months. Oh, the book's about to fall. The significant other's parents. One month with mine, who are a, a delight, dare I say? They're, if they're not your parents, you know, it's it's always different. They were a delight. They worked very hard. Yeah. So we were with them, and then um, we started driving north to New York and stopped at a, roughly the halfway point in Atlanta and spent a month with Matthew's mother, who was also worked really hard to, to have us there. But Yeah, but she's crazy. She's not going to listen to this. Yeah, she's, she's a crazy person. She's a 70, 73-year-old widow. Who spent all this time alone, kind of like stewing in the madness of grief without without ever seeking therapy and and yeah, just she just not not she's needs not, help but actively rejects help. That's the great way of putting it. Needs yeah. it but like does now want it but like will say she wants it but then you try to give it and it's just a no. And might be bipolar. It might be bipolar. It's been a fun couple of weeks. Yeah, she was she was good, but she wasn't in attack mode. It's mostly just very, just self pitying, not self pitying, but like really negative, and uh, always looking for the worst of things. Unable to find one bright spot in any situation. Like like gifted, gifted at finding the bad in everything. Yeah, it's actually pretty pretty skillful. Yeah, she, and then she'll come in. She'll just come in while you're you're doing something. She'll come in and say the most depressing shit you've ever heard, and they're like, "Isn't that funny?" <laughs> It's like almost like they, they programmed all this technology mm. so that people like me uh, wouldn't be able to reach out to their loved ones. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? So your dad what? worked his whole it's life. It's 8 a.m. <laughs> your dad worked his whole life to save money and uh, never felt comfortable spending it. And now he died and I never, I have all this money, but I'm, I'm too afraid to spend it. No, don't know what to do with it. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? No, no, that is not funny. So, yeah, we had. But we will try to make it into a bit. Should we, should we talk about the blow up? Um, I'm going to sound favor. like a pretty bad person. Anyway, so let's just, um, start with the blow up. we'll start, we'll start with, we don't have a ton of, I haven't been doing a ton of stand-up, so we might as well talk about other issues I've been, been doing been any causing. stand-up? Uh, I've done a couple podcasts. That's fun. Yeah, and I've done a bunch of swimming-related stuff recently, actually, which is... A regression? <laughs> I've been doing a bunch I've of math-related stuff, backwards. which is a regression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we moved back in with our parents for a while, so... 
This has been a very strange quarantine. I started listening to Incubus again. I'm going back to my... I'm wearing cargo shorts. Um... Rasta necklaces. I'm really reverting to. We both had my birthdays for my birthday. <laughs> Can I tell a story about what you got me for my birthday? Yeah, what did I get you for your birthday? Matt, so sweet. He bought me pants that were way too small for Ooh, me. Ooh, <laughs> that's a gamble, fellas. Straight fellas. Uh, it made me do the gift card. They, I, I just, went and checked the size and the I brand know, of something you already owned, and when you put it them really on, sweet. But it was just like it's been COVID. I've been snacking, you know. I still think- and he was like, try the pants on. And I was like, they're not going to fit. They're not going to fit. But I tried them on and I, they were, they were skin. They, they were, were not tight. supposed to be skin you tight and the they were, they were skin tight. I still think you need like, to do a bit about you. your big feet and how, how, how much our culture shames big feet based exclusively on the story of, on my you can feet. do another bit. It's, they're your big feet. That's they not, are my big feet. But Cinderella specifically, you talked about how Cinderella teaches young girls and being like, be ashamed that your giant feet don't fit into this glass slipper. Oh yeah. That's another glass ceiling is what it is. Wasn't it not glass? Wasn't it fur? Wasn't there a weird translation error? Oh, I don't know. That one guy, we were talking about this in a coffee shop and this guy had it, this is back in the day, took his headphones out was standing right in front of us and was like, are you talking about Cinderella? We're like, hello? And he's like, I actually teach English and we focus on fairy tales and how they apply and uh, Cinderella. And then he rattled off all these facts about it. And I was yeah. like, you know it's made up, right? Like you understand this is a made up story. Yeah, but the damage it does to young girls with big feet is very real. Also in the, the Disney movie, the ugly stepsisters have huge feet. They basically, their feet are my feet. Like, that is how it goes. And uh, they try to put the glass slipper on, and it's, like, kind of about to break. Mm-hmm. That's so... That's, like, how I feel when I go to, like, a... When know, you try on a, a pair pants of, that pair your of, boyfriend bought you. A pair of Louboutins at the, the store when I'm trying to... I'm like, oh, maybe maybe when I, like, make it big, I'll buy a pair of... Nope, no, you won't. You can never buy a pair of these because not just will you not have the money, but secondarily, they do not make your size. <laughs> so... You Shrink your dreams. You Shrink your dreams. Uh, I haven't told that full joke once. Once I got pretty drunk in Mexico with my friend and we're a bad influence on each other in this way. And I was like, what if I just bought these shoes? Like they were these, this fantastic pair of shoes, which I clearly could not afford. Like I clearly couldn't. But thankfully there's return policies and those, I'm really relying on the return policy when I get drunk. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, everyone just order it. Ordered... Um, these Louboutin shoes and um they came in and I was like so excited for two weeks I knew I had ordered them drunk and I was like I'm gonna have to return them but they're gonna size be 11. awesome like blah 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 size 11 I'm gonna put them on I'm gonna be like these are dope and then I'm gonna send them back but then they came in size 11 I tried them on not even close to fitting on my feet not even close and i go to return them i return them in store and like i had to go to a couple different stores to return to the actual correct uh department because they had to like approve them by management because they were so expensive and they were like why didn't they why didn't you like them and i was like oh well uh would have totally kept them but they were uh just too small you know i'm just like a big girl and they were like oh yeah sweetie yeah we get it we get it they're also (laughs) an insane amount of money for shoes (laughs) (laughs) so that's actually the primary reason i'm not keeping them yeah poor drag queens yeah i think bob the drag queen raised some hell about certain companies not having this right size shoe it's 
kind of insane. Like, I will never be able to buy shoes from them. Not that I need to. Again. You poor thing. That's the reason. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, we've been losing Your feet are too big and your wallet's too small. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're, what are they, $800? The, I mean, it depends. They're, they, let's just say they start there. Men, men which spend is that much on shoes. crazy. Men spend that much on shoes now. Shoes yeah, but such an item for men. But also, like it. men buy um, buy shoes where you can wear them. Like these aren't exactly shoes. Like these are shoes that you can't wear. Like, they're they're high heels, like this high. They're beautiful, but you wear them like out, not even out to like a bar because and you can't wear them more than once. You really if you get seen I in them mean, more than once, we're like, are you wearing those again? I mean, if I'm buying a pair of shoes like that, I'm wearing them to the goddamn gym. Like, I don't care. I am on the treadmill in them. Like, you know how much these cost? <laughs> Give me on this. Meet Virginia. I'm on um, the Peloton bike. <laughs> have you, there's a Simpsons episode about that where uh, Marge finds like a, a $50 Chanel dress and wears it to this country club event. And then they ask her to join the country club. And she's afraid to, she doesn't have any other clothes. So she <gasps> has to keep, hey, there we go. She has to keep, uh, uh, what's the word? Buying and returning. No, no, no. She keeps uh, tailoring the same dress into uh, different styles. Oh, that's kind of that's Because kind she of feels fun, very yeah. insecure. It's a really good episode. Um, early also, Golden Age. Speaking of TV writers. Speaking of TV writers and speaking of, are we speaking of TV writers or are we speaking about this guy right now? Oh, this guy? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Brent. I do want to talk about he that. he wrote that episode. Because he probably did. We, um, I have found another way to get a syllabus back in my life via Comedy Knowledge School. So I'm going to be writing a spec script. But we're going to get into that in a second because I just had a little little friend walk into the, the screen here. We have a kitten now. So that's been the other thing. So I, I had a major battle with um, parents... Their delight. Probably gonna work on bits on that at some point. And then also, we adopted a cat from a crazy person. Crazy, yeah. A crazy All right person. conspiracy theorists in Midland, oh, Florida, or my inland Florida. Gosh. Yeah, he he. Uh, yeah, he agrees. The cat agrees. He believed the coronavirus was a hoax. Uh, Not just a or no. At first he thought it was first a hoax. First he thought it was a hoax. And or a farce was, was his exact word. And then he thought it was created by the Chinese government and released on purpose. Um, and we bought our cat and we left. His name's he's, Password. And he's hypoallergenic. That's why we had to go to that guy. And also he's perfect, so I was like, uh, you know, everyone has weird parents, right? Okay. This cat Moving included. on from the cat. I think people are less interested in the cat than we are. We've already showed him to all of our friends. So That's true. Oh, except for I did, um, <laughs> I had... God, I've been talking about drinking a little bit too much. That's been a little thing a lot of people have been doing, but... You've been drinking? I've had, uh, not really though, not that much, but I did have a couple glasses of wine and bought 5,000 followers for my cat because <laughs> I want him How because he de- like 80 bucks. He deserves more followers than I have. So I will continue this until the end of time. 5,000 followers and like 13 likes per photo. That's not true. He's up to like 35, but it's all like my friends. <laughs> that means I have like 35 Really good friends who are like, yeah, Laura, like well, I'll support your cat. That was your idea Thank that I think you. is so funny that we should still do of of buy followers for a for a friend, like an absurd yeah. amount, like a hundred thousand followers. See, I was gonna do it as it's, a it's so prank. mean. It's so funny. It's so mean because a lot of comics would spot that it's fake and they wouldn't know where it came from, and you can't get rid of them. Yes, <laughs> so you can. they would just look like some asshole who clearly bought a hundred thousand followers. 
I don't know. I wanted to buy him a million followers, but turns out it's actually like more expensive than you'd think. I didn't, there wasn't even an option for a million followers. You'd have to do it over periods of time. But 5,000 was like 80 bucks. I think you could get cheaper ones, but I wanted high quality. It's, this is a high Why quality. Why high cat. quality? I don't know. <laughs> there because is, they know said the on the sketchy Instagram site, high quality follower. We had a really good looking uh, uh, waiter at a, a restaurant in Miami. And we all at the table made bets of uh, how, many, how many Instagram followers you think this guy has. And we got close to guessing it. He had like 18,000 and then they were clearly bought. And you can tell because if you look at them, they'll only have one, well, like a picture, well, one think, post, that's it. I think that's why they're high quality for him because I think they're they, like... They look like real accounts? Or or maybe they are. Maybe they are. I still hold on to the, the hope that he has like a bunch of fans in Russia now. <laughs> You know, <laughs> is it Russia? I thought I it was like know. Indonesia. I it's, thought, they're all over the place. It's, it's these, characters these I don't random recognize. bot farms. How did he get on that counter? I don't know. I think he jumped from here to here. Hmm. Anyway, so um, if you want to talk more about the cat, like I will talk about this cat for hours, but we'll stop at the moment because this is a comedy podcast, not a cat podcast. That we so cute. Um, but we did, I signed up for, with a couple of friends, um, the Comedy Knowledge School. Put on by Dynasty Typewriter. Put on by Dynasty Typewriter uh, with uh, Brent Forster. And Brent um, Forster. we had our first class yesterday and basically it's was like a, a YouTube live um, where you just kind of watch and he's like taking questions and stuff like that and taking us through the syllabus and talking about just being a comedy writer and um, how to put together script and things you should do and gives homework and stuff like that um and i'm back in my happy place because i love classes i yeah. love them you like structure you like I being love, told what to do i love structure very coachable highly coachable that's why i was a good athlete and um yeah so i recommend that i mean actually i don't really know if i get a good script out of this i'll be happy but it was exciting because it was something to do because i've been i mean you've done some of the zoom shows but i've been I still feel so green at comedy as a whole yeah. that I'm I'm pretty scared of doing these Zoom shows. And the other side of it is like the Zoom ones would be fine, but like there's like Instagram live shows and I am so not ready for my friends to see me do comedy. It's bad. I don't like it. I'm very against yeah, it. I'm very least... against stand-up shows on, on, on Zoom, on Instagram Live. On Instagram Live, I, almost a hard no because there's no laughing on some... I've done... Can I talk about the ones I've done? Yeah. Uh, no. I think I've done like five. I did a college show where I had the audience m- muted, and that was really rough uh, for the stand-up portion. But then I did an interactive portion with Monday Monday, and that was really fun. So we made we made good out of that. There were like you they know a couple people it. participating. They they played really hard. They were they were very uh, polite. Um, I did Sammy Obey's show. He asked me to do his, um, and that actually had people laughing. So that was the f- the only time I've really felt like uh, I was testing jokes. Right. So that one was really fun because I could like, I think I threw out like three or four jokes and uh, one or two of them got laughs and I was like, well, that's cool. That at least gives me the, the feedback that I, I usually require in stand up to keep working on material. Um, then I've done smaller crowd ones, which that was, that was tough. Uh, I tr- I, I've definitely not been looking for shows to do. Uh, I've, I've ever, every one of them I've done, I've told myself I'm not going to do another, but then someone asks me to do it and I end up saying yes. Cause I, I still, 
Well, I mean... I, yeah, I, th- I can't say no to opportunities in comedy. I, it still feels weird turning stuff down. I guess so many years of scrapping for stage time and being so desperate to, to do any show I could, just you can't say no, you know? No, I, I mean, I, 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 I know in real life I know what you mean, but in this weird alternate reality that we're living in, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty scared of it. Still. I'm doing a roast battle this week. Yeah, that's terrifying. No, that's exciting because roast battle fans know what they're coming for, and apparently the turnout's been high. It's I'm, what I'm scared is it's against Maddie Smith, who's just a very, very funny person, yeah. all around, and particularly good at roast battling. Um, but that that I like because it just gives me I'm gonna have to sit down for probably f- four to eight hours of writing total if I if I want to get good stuff out of it. So it gives me an assignment. Like I did a I got asked to submit a packet for a show and. I yeah. didn't get the job, but at least gave me a chance to sit down and have some guided structure. Right now with stand-up, I feel so crazy because usually if I have an idea, I go test it. And if the original idea works, then I can keep expanding on the joke. But right now, I'm swinging at a pinata that's not there. It's weird, though, because, um, I mean, the good thing is, especially since our last podcast, the state of the world has improved dramatically. I mean, it's still... Really scary time. A lot of people are unemployed. Yeah. A lot of people are, um, you know, we're still getting over the illness. Um, and who knows how much longer that is. But the country is in this various stages of reopening now. So it does truly seem like things will uh, return eventually mm-hmm. here, you know? Um, I'm feeling like this calendar year is probable. Yeah. It's just for me, my, my, my only thought is, what, how is this going to affect comedy shows? And people are going to be very averse to coming back to the club. Um, there's, they're doing limited capacity runs, which, to, they say 25%. I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take 25%. Also, like, my question is, is it 25% of, like, the fire code regulation or, like, of their typical capacity? Oh, I think it's... it's what determines 25%? I, that's a good question. Is fire code capacity what they see? Because what they like, for an open mic, 25% of fire code, I'm like, great, that's a normal open mic. <laughs> that's a hot night. Whoa. Oh, wow. wow. One it's fourth packed. of the room was Bring full. Bring us on back. <laughs> Dude, I'll, pay, I'll pay to do that mic. I was, I, I'm so desperate for comedy, I would pay to watch an open mic. That's where, that's about where I am. Hey, can you not play with that chain? Okay. Um, yeah. But um, it's disable. Addison, yeah. Addison Improv did their first show this weekend. Did you hear about that? I saw about that on Instagram. Yeah, Chase told me about that. How did it go? I didn't. I didn't. Um, hear any, I heard about it happening. I mean, it's local tough. showcase. It's tough to tell really on Instagram, but looked good. Yeah, <laughs> southern states just aren't getting hit as hard. That was the which weird. Is wonderful. So, so I think the strangest part was like we were down in both Florida and then Georgia for some time, and. Um, they were definitely closed, you know, like there were only takeout in terms of restaurants and things like that. But the general attitude, like people were walking around a lot. Um, the stores were really picked over still. Then we came up to New York and people are obviously like way more intense about like the distancing and being very, very, very strict about it, which is good. But what I was laughing about is like in the South, you can't get toilet paper or hand sanitizer. Like, you have to go early in the day if you're having a chance at getting that. Here, we went downstairs. Like, we live uh, right by a grocery store, and we went in there. There's racks of hand sanitizer. I was like, what's the southern, like, hoarding mentality has really kicked in, but they're also not taking it seriously? It's like, almost, it's <laughs> it's almost as balance. if 
there is no correlation between paranoia and the actual threat. It's almost as if people don't react adequately or appropriately to the uh, to the stakes. Oh, that's a that's huh. a hot take. Yeah, human nature. Maybe it's a. Uh, Maybe but emotion was, doesn't follow I was like, all right, on the, on the drive up, we're going to have to stop and we're going to have to pick up all these essentials because we don't have like paper towels and stuff at the apartment. And then we didn't do that because I forgot. And we got here and I was like, oh, it's completely fine. <laughs> we were like, you can buy whatever you want. It's normal. Yeah. Though there are lines to get in the stores. Yeah, the Trader Joe's fast. line. Yeah. yeah. As long as we can get our coffee. It's all good. I mean, whatever. We get to... I, I don't have a subway card. That's yeah, a trip for me. I'm not using the subway. I know. I haven't... And we're not allowed to use our roof deck. Which, oh my woe God. is me. <laughs> that sounded bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm annoyed. Yeah. And we're moving. Yeah, and we're moving. In not, not We're moving far. next... Yeah, we're next the only door. people who upgraded during the quarantine. Well, we upgraded because we needed... To provide a space for your for your mother. Yes. It's a long story. Feel free to reach out if you want to hear this full story. Let's just tell it. Oh, God. All right. So we're driving from Florida <laughs> up to Georgia with my mother after a long weekend of trying to help her with uh, future plans. She's moving. And she's trying to move to Maybe at this point. We don't even know. And uh, Laura had sacrificed a lot of time and effort to make this possible on the drive back. My mom was having a particularly bitter morning and basically just trashing all of the options we had presented her. Um, and she didn't mean it as, as to trash our efforts. She was just, she's negative and anything you show her, she'll have a negative take on. And Laura started to take that personally. And uh, Laura started biting back and they started kind of screaming back and forth at each other. Really and within tired. a minute, they went from a very logical, and I think you need to be more respectful of the effort we've put into uh, Laura yelling, well, if you don't appreciate this, then you can just get out of the car and we will drive home. And my mom goes, fine. And Laura slams on the brake 80 miles an hour to zero miles an hour <laughs> on the highway in Florida. And, uh, my mom storms out of the car and marches off. This is like and middle I had to of nowhere. Her, middle of nowhere, hot Florida. Um, and she's in her seventies. I'm a bad person. Yeah. Ooh. And we have to resolve... That whole dispute. Just, you just have to resolve. a screaming match between my girlfriend and my mom. Ah. Oh. It's kind of great because you get to hear someone say all the things you wish you could tell each of them. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a bit, isn't it? So how are you staying sane? Um, hanging out with you. And the cat. The cat. The cat the has been... been a oh, spot. cat has been fantastic. It's been a good time just because he's a kitten right now, so we can really enjoy that part. We're getting every second of kitten time. Um, I've been trying to... <laughs> Cats in the cradle cat with an is, actual cat. We have an actual cat in the cradle. Yeah, we're not wasting those precious those moments, those precious, precious moments. memories. Yeah, because he's still small. They are cute. They have a different personality when they're young. He's very playful. Yeah. But he sleeps a lot. He slept in the car ride. He slept... He also, like, the second we would start driving, we had a litter box set up for him in the back seat, and he was so accustomed to driving because we drove a long way with him that he was like, oh, time to take a shit. Like shit's in a moving car. Within the first 10 minutes of us driving, like a six-hour shift, I was like, I have to pull over because it smells so bad. It smells so bad. He shit on me. Oh, my God. We had a few days and we were driving to get coffee, and I was holding him up, and he started meowing, and then I was just holding him up, 
and he just it was like a, one of those icing tubes you know where it's like a cone <laughs> and you like squeeze it out like I felt like I accidentally done that to him and it just kept coming he, it he was shit like, for like it was it like was, 10, 10, 15 seconds of shitting, which is a long time where you, where you keep thinking it's over and it keeps I was pouring out. Cr- crying. It's so great. Like comedy, we are spending so much time and effort yeah. on building jokes and like making these intricate mental traps to make people laugh, but nothing will make me laugh harder than, than physical a, harm. A cat shitting on my boyfriend. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't even think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was filming. <laughs> it was long enough that I could pull my camera out and start filming. Yeah. I'm getting shit on. <laughs> I was like, I'm not helping. I don't care. <laughs> so he's a good boy. You really see who your friends are he's when a, a cat boy. shits on you. And it's, uh, it's not my girlfriend, apparently. No. Um, you've been working. I've been working a lot. Um... It's weird, obviously, the work dynamic right now. All the everyone's like, "Whoa, look how good of an employee I am!" Like, well, I mean, how is cybersecurity being affected? Um, less so than other markets, for sure. I mean, I think technology in general, especially like our contracts are multi-year deals. They take a really long time to come into play, and um, you know, they don't. It, a couple months isn't going to terribly impact it. It will impact budgets, so we'll feel this for sure over the next, you know, a couple of years. Like. As companies that we're selling to go through their own reorgs and handling um, budgetary constraints, um, but I'm pretty lucky for the most part. I mean, I'm still I'm still working. I'm still doing doing my job. It was a weird couple of weeks, but things have returned pretty well at this point. And um, no meetings, no physical well, meetings, no. Well, travel. that's the that's the biggest difference. Is I used to do a decent amount of travel, and I was on site with folks like uh, a couple times a week. Um, and I won't be doing that for the foreseeable future. So do you, how do you feel about efficiency with work right now? Um, it's weird. Well, part of the reason I needed to get out of being in our parents' household is that it was just so distracting being around them. And they'd be like, oh, like, like I was... Uh, ding, 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 dinner time. Dinner time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm on a call. <laughs> What's going on? Or also, my favorite was when I was at my parents' house. They, of course, they're like, oh, you're our kid. We're going to do whatever we want, which... They were letting, they were housing us. God bless them. The do whatever you want. I get that. But I'd be literally on a video call and my mom would like come strolling in the background. And do yoga. Get in the closet, start pulling things out. My dad would walk behind her and I'm like, um, can you go? And then Matt would be like springing in, like pulling them back out. And I was like, all right, I need to go home. And I had a lot of video calls in the evening, comedy or podcasts yeah. or whatever. And uh, your dad walked in twice, but he was very apologetic about. No, that. they were so nice. Like it, you it's, had. It's, it's tough. In my mom's place, you had your own office. You had a room door closed. I know that was more my own fault. Is I was just so distracted by like, you know, running around and trying to take care of everything. And I was just. It's easier here now. We're back in our, our one bedroom apartment, so there's not a ton of distractions besides the cat. Yeah. But the cat's great because once he sleeps on your lap, you're like, well, I can't move. So I guess I'll just be doing emails for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. So overall, positive positive I mean, feelings I've... about relative to how other people are doing? with the. Oh, with... yeah. I have nothing to complain about. Uh-huh. Nothing to complain about. I'm just most my biggest complaint is how guilty I feel. <laughs> Interesting. Which is. You know, you like wish you could help more. I mean, I've bought some gift cards for places and tried to do, you know, obviously the biggest thing you can do is 
social Stay inside. distance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wear your mask. And there's, I mean, it just doesn't seem like enough to help these people, but I don't know. It was weird seeing both sides of it. Florida and Georgia, which are, are pretty polar. Yeah. Opposite of New York and how seriously they're taking it. A lot of people, and, and there's this kind of misconception that everyone in the South is just, you know, living their life normally. Most people are scared or most people take it seriously Especially, or at least act as though they, they take it seriously. I felt bad for like elderly people who are clearly and understandably like frightened. And most of all, though, it's like, I mean, people like your mother, like she's really lonely. Yeah. You know, locking, yeah, really locking up an old lady by herself is like you have to because they're at risk like you know there's no one arguing that you know elderly people should get them back to the movie theater yeah (laughs) it's like the people who are are willing to take the risk feel like they should be allowed to go out which is stupid um but 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 the elderly people are like legit in there just so they're all like very lonely yeah and and also the other side of it is i felt so bad because she was really struggling with technology mm-hmm. and like she was so jealous of our zoom calls i was like oh, you just click the link it's pretty but and every day she was yelling at some tech support representative oh my god god bless over them. dumb shit over like why is it asking me to enter my password they said they'd never ask for your password i'm like it's not, it's not what they said her apple watch was was asking for her password and she was like it's a trap it's like that would be the most sophisticated trap if they could hack into your watch and like like maybe what what is your watch your heart rate like maybe just give them that yeah (laughs) maybe it's fine refuses to listen to what i tell her and then calls tech support and then complains i don't help her is this podcast just gonna be us complaining about like old people not complaining but just talking about it's one of my first bits that was like i did that that joke about yeah about old people always fuck with sharon yeah fuck with sharon where they it's yeah, that was the whole thing with my mom of being like, listen, I, every, I understand now every now and then the computer makes a mistake and it's the computer's fault that it's malfunctioning. But for, for you to have experienced all of these errors in computing that are purely on their end and not yours would be a like miraculous coincidence. Right. Would be like astronomically low that it's just computers are, are systematically working against you as an individual. It's very frustrating. Is that everyone? But I mean, old people who are great with technology. Your parents aren't old, like, but my parents they're, they're are really good with technology. Early boomers, late boomers. I don't, I don't even know. They're fine. They tag te- like my mom. Do you count as a boomer text- if you're not from the U.S.? Uh, I think if you were in the war, it, it was a war. It was a war thing, right? It was a post World War II. But it was a. Uh, was it just America? I don't know. Because th- my mom's not American. No. So, is she a foreign boomer? I don't think that's a thing. I don't think that's a thing. She continually reminds us she's not American, too. Yes. Nor is she like, really concerned. Not my problems. I'm like, you live here. You've lived here for like 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, she speaks very good English. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's. Um, that was my gripe was technology. So much of my, my, my conflict with my mom and her conflict with everyone else is technology. I feel bad for her. So yeah. you've been okay. You've been okay. I've been good. You have career stability, which I'm very jealous of. Yeah, uh, but I mean, again, it's career stability in a field where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's IT. <laughs> it's still a job and it's still a sense of purpose sure. you wake up to. I don't I don't have that anymore and it's very frustrating. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I'm also not like, my dream. Like, yeah, it's not a You job at least have the luxury love. of like, I know a lot of people who've been laid off from yeah. like 
stable, secure jobs. And like, they're like, well, I didn't even go after like a a passion project or a a career in the arts or whatever, something riskier. And I still got laid off. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's true. Feel secure, feel, feel at least like, yeah, you know, there are pretty big risks in doing something that's non-essential. Comedy is very non-essential. Let's just call it non-essential. But the nice thing is like, obviously your traditional ways of um, securing income are stunted at the moment. Uh, And that's tough. Stunted is a polite way of putting it. Stunted is a polite way of putting it. But there are things you can do to continue to, to build your brand. Yeah. Like people are writing, people are putting out more content. I haven't very much succeeded at that task. That's not true. You have been super prolific in terms of um, posting statuses and tweeting. I mean, that's counts. Eh. Yeah, but unless it translates into stand-up jokes, it's not worth much to me. And I can't... I'm probably losing stuff in the process. I'm I'm bitching, but I'm just... I'm less optimistic than I was. At least Um, you're admitting you're bitching. But I'm doing things about it. Non-comedy. I'm doing the tutoring. Yeah, you've been been tutoring. Matt volunteer tutors and might try to... Tutor for money. What yeah. a novel concept. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about that. And and luckily because my skills, he's yeah. Actually pretty good at math. Like, I very it's cool. good at math. Yeah. I, what's been neat is it was the organization I was working with was it was office hours and I would go in and tutor students who needed help who happened to show up that day and I would do that like once or twice a month. Twice a month if I was lucky. Because it's actually, volunteering is very competitive. A lot of people want to do it. And since the quarantine, all these schools are shut, there's there's online classes. So they started assigning us individual students to work with via Zoom. And I happened to get uh, just a couple students uh, who were really great students and also in really interesting classes, Comp Sci, Calc 2, and Linear Algebra. So I've been helping them with these classes. And it's been... uh, I've been very validated by how well I remember yeah, you're really, these I, courses. And I, I've been so enthused by it that I, I, I downloaded a complex analysis textbook, which is a class I never took, but uh, I am certainly certainly have the prereqs uh, covered. And uh, Rachel Lanner and I are going to uh, just work through the textbook together. It's so funny because I'm over here like, why are you studying math? Like, what are you doing? Because I don't have Write to. Write more jokes. I'm, I'm always very motivated. Go make a stupid TikTok video, please. Fuck TikTok, dude. I can't stand it. I know, but it's just very funny because like in any, I feel like I'm in an alternate reality where I'm like, stop like studying yeah. this pursuit of a very <laughs> traditional, like lucrative academic yeah. uh, pursuit and instead do this thing that children do. Ramin Nazer <laughs> has a joke about that, about working at Facebook and you think people at Facebook, like their boss walks in and they quickly, quickly X out of an Excel spreadsheet. You're like, oh, no, just, just on Facebook. <laughs> Definitely not doing charts and graphs for fun. Hate charts and graphs. Yeah. That's what, we don't like, do that here. That's how they fuck off. Is by <laughs> we post statuses. Yeah. It's so great. Oh, it's such a great joke. Not on this album. Um, yeah, um, been, and you've been that. doing a lot more sculpting and drawing. I'm drawing a little bit. I restarted Monday Punday, which feels good. Yeah. Um, reading Red Dune, finally. Best sci-fi novel of all time. And I uh, finished Hyperion. And uh, yeah, I'm losing my mind. We, I have to work out in the stairwell. Like like a speakeasy. Our problems are like... Really yeah, you're right. That's perspective-wise. That's perspective. A, I think this has just been a really good exercise. In it's all, it's all because you have money. If this was, if I was, if it was just me right now, I'd be, I'd be freaking out about about just burning through all my savings. Well, what would you be doing different? 
losing money. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm still losing money because you don't give me money, but I at least feel like I have a, a security net in you. And I, I signed up for tutoring, so that'll be... Hopefully they can start doing that. Honestly, it's just... It gives me a sense of purpose. The reason I'm doing math is just because it's a thing... It's one of the, the, you know, a couple things that I feel like I'm actually pretty good at, and that's stand-up and math, and it gives me a sense of purpose, and I get to work with someone, which is very satisfying, so it's towards... So it's interesting, because it's like... And I really love math. It really reminds me how much I really love math. It's really exciting. And I almost feel like I've been missing it. And, like, in my mind, I'm prepping for never being a... Or not being a professional comedian anymore. In my mind, I'm like, I'll have to go find a job that involves my degree, which is... I, I don't think a bad thing. That's uh, a lot of comedians look look at that as like. Well, that's good because I don't want you to ever feel trapped yeah. by doing yeah. comedy. Comedy being able to do comedy is like very much. Uh, I don't want to say a privilege, but like mm-hmm. I mean, it's a benefit of our society being as stable as yeah. it is. You know that you can do that as a career. Yeah, you can't. You I don't think farmers were like. Like back in olden times, we're like, and then he's going to pursue a career in stand-up comedy, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's, I mean, it's a testament to the fact that, and I do really think, I mean, now we've seen the, the world is slowly returning to normal and it's improving and we're making progress in terms of defeating this disease. So it will come back. But I think if the, the little, the smallest thing you get from this is that you feel there are options should you ever not want to do comedy. Yeah. That's a really big... Also, also what I'm excited about is the idea of, like, if I do continue to pursue um, tutoring in mathematics, it gives me, like, a whole extra life to write about. A set of experiences 100%. that are unique but relatable. Um, I know I have I have friends who, have, uh, who tutor and are, like, also starting to make a living in comedy. They don't talk about tutoring, though, on stage. I feel like that would be tutoring, like, advanced chemistry courses. I feel like there's material to be drawn from that. I mean, it's just continuing to expand you as a person and give you more life experiences, which is never going to make you a worse comic. You know who went from a math teacher who was so beloved by his students and the parents of his students to a, uh, he got offered a job in finance, like a high position power in finance? Who? Straight from that. Jeffrey Epstein. He transitioned being a math teacher. Interesting. Uh, let's not make that goals. <laughs> let's maybe. Uh, but I remember reading. I'm like, this guy's despicable. What a what a scumbag. And then I read that detail in his life. I was like, well, that's hopeful for me personally. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you would want to. I I think ultimately, I'm glad you're going through I, this mental exercise. Yeah. Um, but I just I, I don't like the, the attitude a lot of comedians have. Where like it's it's this or nothing. And no. anything else would be, you know, an utter failure in my life's plans. I would be thrilled to be a computer programmer. I would love to be. If it was math I found exciting, that would be just as cool of a job. And I've my, my whole goal with this quarantine has been figuring out who I am when I'm not a comedian. That's And I've, I've kind of purposely Aww. avoided doing too much comedy. And I've, I've figured out a couple things I like. Um, the things that excite me. Uh, kind of a, a sense of identity. Rediscovering math has been one of those things that's been really cool for me. And I'm also like a... I have kind of a, a religious passion for for math and STEM, and that if you if you follow it and pursue it passionately, um, it will you'll typically be able to find a career or at least a, a decent amount of money. If you're if you're good with numbers, it's you'll have an easier job a time finding a job than most other degrees. Yeah, I mean, there's just not as many people that are, you know. It's just a valuable skill. Good at that and yeah. also good at speaking. Um, and it's quantifiable. You can show you're good at it, you know? Well, my Easy. big thing is that I have really been validated in the fact that I 
retired from the swimming world when I did. Yeah. Yeah, because the Olympics were pushed off a oh, year. Oh, boy. That would have been... Yeah, you might have... If you, the, the thought was maybe continue another four years into no your late 20s. I can't. Like, so that's been made... Put the Obviously, you know, the whole asterisk, like, we have our... We have enough income to be safe, you know, for the little bit of time that we can look into the future. Mm-hmm. We're healthy. All our loved ones are healthy at the moment. So that's all aside. But what this has really shown me is that I'm just so grateful for the life choices I've made thus far. Like retiring from swimming at that point was the right thing to do because it's really hard to take that step and decide like, yes, I'm ready to move on from this thing I've dedicated 20 years of my life to. And it's kind of like what you're going through right now. Yeah. Where like I I have to take a... Can I quickly describe what your your like the timeline was for your swimming with with the Olympic cycles because I think people don't understand what it takes to be how just where you're born within a four year cycle will impact how much of your real world life will be taken up by swimming how much you have to delay starting a regular life. Well, so I guess I'll I'll describe so basically when you're swimming full time, it's really difficult to do anything beyond swimming. Um, and build like actual real world skills, like start a job, start an entry level position and kind of like level up um, just because of training. It just doesn't work. It's full time, even, even though it's not a full time salary. It's not a salary yeah. at all. There's also like no money in swimming at all. It's one of those, you know, for comics, I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I completely understand trying to make ends meet with just random prize money mm. from swimming competitions, which is not that much you know you'd win a couple hundred bucks here and there for for doing well at a grand prix meet um which is even still really hard to do because it's extremely competitive so there's not a ton of money in it um so point being once you're done with college like through college you'll have your scholarships and things like that supporting you and then afterwards you really have to scramble to figure things out yourself so for my birth year i had three years after college before the next Olympic trials, because it's every four years. Which means you were 21. You went to Olympic trials at 21 between your junior and senior year of college. So so I went to two Olympic trials. I went when I was 17, and then I went when I was 21, and then the next one would be 25. Um, Good. I almost made it both times. So I was like fourth place Mm -hmm. at trials, um, which top two make it. So like, just missed it. Um, So I was like, okay, well pretty good and a couple of the folks retired blah 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 but three years is a really long time um so i figured it out i i worked really hard and um the amount of time and effort it, it cost me to work so hard and make the money to make that happen so that i would be in a good position to raise at trials mm-hmm. i can't imagine what these poor athletes are going through right now Getting that far, making it three years, and then to be told like, "Hey, it's gonna be another full year," and also there's an op- there's a potential like it doesn't happen mm-hmm. at all. Like there's a pretty decent shot that they cancel this year's or this rounds of Olympics. Twenty twenty one. Um, that's just so crazy. That's the idea I of being twenty two with a diploma in your hand and have to choose between either I swim my ass off for three more years and maybe. Make and the Olympic team, in which case I still have to quit swimming anyway. I just have a cool accolade to my name. And then it's not like you can you can't take an Olympic medal and then just not even just like having gone to the Olympics and then be like, I would like a VP position, please, in this company because you don't know anything. You still don't know anything, so you yeah. have to go and learn how to. You don't exactly have a targeted resume for right. The it's not like you don't have specific skill sets that will apply. You have a lot of like soft coach. skills. 
besides being a swim coach, that's like the only one where assistant you're like, swim coach, but let's be clear, real. Clear, clear cut. Yeah, absolutely. Still a very long ladder there. But like in the workforce, you still have to go and like develop those real world skills to learn how to make money for a company yeah. at the end of the day or whatever it is you're trying to do. So a lot of people will get master's degrees at the same time. Um, that it just depends on kind of what you're trying to do, but um, but it's hard. It's really, really hard. And then you have to sit down and you're all of a sudden stuck with all this free time while you're trying to figure out work situations. And you're also like, this whole thing that I identified as a swimmer is gone. And who am I? And it feels almost like all the comics right now are going through a mini version of that. Like there's comedy will return. Um, it's the lowest barrier to entry. As long as a restaurant opens up, there will be some form of stand-up comedy at some point, right? The money will be less, but you can. The still money will be less, yeah. etc. Whatever, but like in the long run, it'll occur again. Um, but right now, it's really different, and a lot of people are able to like kind of fill the gap with Zoom shows and stuff like that. But I think it's really forcing people. At least I'm seeing it force you to kind of take a hard look at yourself and be like, what is important to me? And like, what do I want? What do I want to use to quant or what am I calling myself? Am I just How do I a develop comic? another's a sense of who, uh, who am I? Yeah. I still, it's um, still so crazy to me how something works that like, and there are people yeah. who would, who would you, in your four years of college, you'll go through one Olympic cycle. And so it means if you have the cut, you'll do an Olympic trials. Not that many people make it in college, but a lot of people have the chance to make it in those four years after college, the next cycle after college, that was you. That was your, your chance to get it then. And some people oh, might I mean, miss that next cycle and then spend another four years pro outside of college having to pay their bills uh, to do it again. And some people will make it on that second second cycle after college. And now that's pushed off a year. I think about like Madison was exact is exactly your time frame, four years younger. And she's three years out. Uh, very, very good shot of making the Madison team. Cox, has to wait another just year. like the best. Yeah, she's God, a very she good person go. and swimmer. She's putting off. I mean, she's not talking about. She's putting off med school, right? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's, but she's one of those people who's been so heads down and really realistic about everything and like put together a plan on how to. Which is not a good asset for a swimmer to actually have a level head about the world is is only going to make you slower. Yeah, it's the people who are all pressure. or nothing. Well, and I feel like it's true of comedy too. I'm trying to trying to continue to relate this back to comedy because I actually think it's super, it's a super similar situation in a lot of ways. Like, you're except there's potentially money to be made. Where swimming is like one day your money is all gonna dry up. Like, yeah, unless you're like one of five people. Five. It's like Michael Phelps, Ryan Lochte, then like Nathan Adrian, and then Katie Ledecky, Misty Franklin. Right. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking on the men's side, but yeah, of course. Oh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh no, she's so. Wonderful. But she's, she's making money off really her cool. personality. Yeah. She's just such a bright, beautiful, like fun person. She has a skill set beyond swimming. That's 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 her personal skills. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's uh, I think been the biggest thing is that like it's kind of really shown, like what actually matters to you. What do you want to do with your life? Should you not continue in comedy? Even and then also how can you utilize those things you actually like mm. in comedy? It's like a snake eating its tail situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say that I've lost all optimism, but like secretly I'm like, yeah, me it, having a day job would be a great bit. Exactly. He's like, if I tutored, I could like make jokes about kids without having to have kids. <laughs> like, I love that loophole. Go for that. <laughs> yeah, my linear algebra material is gonna kill. We got the cat, and we're like, we'll definitely do jokes about the cat. <laughs> I mean, he's so cute. I mean, his name's a joke, so. Yeah, that's true. 
that's a that's a somber note to end on, but I like that. I like that ending. Yeah. So um, figure out who you are. That's it. How about this? Don't invest all of your self worth into one skill set. That's what this has been teaching me, and I would have had to reverse course on. That's a really good thing to learn. If that's what you're coming out of this two month exercise with, then that's wonderful, and hopefully we uh, get to return to normal life as soon as it's safe, and that's sooner rather than later. (laughs) All right. Well, Matt is trying to fuck my phone again, so we're out of here. Bye.